Here's Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey's denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA. Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. You could not write a script like this. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crowned champions of the world. From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. Wednesday is the date, 11th is the day of the month. It is May, it is close to the end of the Premier League season as we have a title race that saw Liverpool drop points this past Saturday eke out a 2-1 to victory yesterday on Tuesday against Aston Villa. And then barring the City result happening against Wolves right now, who are currently leading via a first-half hat-trick from Kevin De Bruyne, a 3-1 over Wolverhampton. City might either be three points clear of Liverpool if Liverpool, if they see this result out, or, you know, barring a shambolic collapse in the second half, will either go up by one point if it's a draw or if the somehow Wolves clamber back into this game and beat City. We'll still be in first because of goal differential, but they would be tied with Liverpool on points. Before we get into all that great stuff, I am Keena Troy. I'm joined by the freshman extraordinaire Eli Keeler. And then for the first time since last semester, we have Michael Hernandez in studio. Michael donning the McLaren jersey sport zip-up jersey, if you want to say that, and then a Real kit underneath, wearing a Real kit despite being a profound Liverpool supporter and them facing each other in the Champions League final. Michael, you're back in the States. You brought your encyclopedia of match day pamphlets from abroad. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, uh, I decided to wear the Real Madrid shirt because, as we all know, they performed a great comeback against you know Manchester City. So I'm wearing it in honor of that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just happy to be back. Uh, yeah, I've I've been away for quite a while, uh, but you know, I'm just happy to be back in studio. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> it's a great time, great time on campus recently with the weather. So I'm just happy, you know, to be here talking about soccer. Um, you know, it's been unfortunate. You know, end of the Champions League for my team, Man City. But we're looking at we're looking at bright spots. You know, it's it's turning our way now with you know Holland looking to transfer over to Man City, and Premier League looks, in my opinion, pretty much wrapped up. But we'll get into Don't that. Don't say it so. yet. I know I'm gonna jinx it. For us, Liverpool. I didn't even anticipate this, but we've got the Man City supporter and Eli, and then two Liverpool boys on differing levels. Myself, the rationalist, Michael. As they say in France, <laughs> the devout, diehard, unsuccumbed to reason Liverpool supporter <laughs> who somehow sees that this Premier League race isn't over. You know, Liverpool was always in a spot where a city draw would see them level on points, and that was until they faced Tottenham this past Sunday, drawing that match one to one. 
a fairly even contest. You know, Liverpool was more dominant in possession, but it was a Conte side that we've seen him trying to build towards this season at Tottenham as they fight for a Champions League spot that it's going to be super stingy in the defensive third of the midfield, if that makes sense. So, you know, not the midfield battle itself, but as soon as Liverpool tried to break that midfield line going towards goal, we saw white shirts flooding in from behind. It was a human sung goal that was expertly worked. Allison, no real chance. A good team goal. A goal, I think, you know, if you're Liverpool and you look back at the end of the season and you think that's the goal that cost you, you know, a Premier League title, I think you can live with, you know, a good Tottenham side scoring. I mean, if you think back to, Michael, you're shaking your head no, but if you think about, you know, goals or non-goals that it cost him a, you know, Premier League title before, you think of the Gerrard slip, and you think about that shambolic performance at Crystal Palace following that, and you also think of the, what, .01 millimeters that that ball was cleared off the line against Manchester City in 1819. Mm-hmm. So I think from a Liverpool's perspective, obviously you know, sharing points with the Tottenham side, that's still trying to battle for a Champions League spot. You knew that it was going to be a tough game at home at Anfield. Luis Diaz deflection, getting the goal for Liverpool. You think they're back in it with 15 minutes to play. You think that Jurgen's team can overcome that barrier because they're just one of the best, especially when it seems like the chips are down, as we saw yesterday against Aston Villa, falling behind early. They're a team that rallies like no other. That being said, too little, too late from Luis Diaz. Liverpool really couldn't get anything going towards goal in the last couple minutes. So with them dropping points and then, you know, a a dicey victory really against Aston Villa yesterday, only 2-1. They came into today, Wednesday, even on points, two goals behind in goal differential to Manchester City. We we've watched this city team rebound against that Real Madrid loss, you know, performance wise probably one of their best against Newcastle. They just look to be clicking, and now against Wolves, a De Bruyne first half hat trick. Mike, I gotta ask you, you know, even barring some miracle that City drops points, is is there any way Liverpool can close this goal difference gap? I know it's only a matter of a few goals as it sits right now, but you can't imagine City getting you know losing a match by more than one goal. So, so barring a loss that would see City and Liverpool go level on points, I can't see it being a two points, you know, a complete switch where they lose by four and then lose the goal differential battle mm-hmm. in that same process. So the question really becomes for me as a Liverpool fan is, which team in their upcoming, upcoming matches can they put in a masterclass performance at, maybe get four, and hope that City, you know, doesn't continue to route teams the way that they have been. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you take a look at their last two remaining fixtures, I want to say that it's Southampton away on Tuesday, and then Championship Sunday uh, at home against Wolves. So, uh, honestly, I would say that their best chance would be, if they want to score a lot of goals, would be Southampton. But the issue with that is you're coming off of an FA Cup final. So, you know, there's definitely going to be some rotation in that. And as much as I want to say you could easily thrash Wolves the way that Man City are doing uh, right now, the last time we faced them, it was a it was a 1-0 goal by Rigi in like the dying moments, if, if I'm not mistaken. So, honestly, it, it's going to be tough. But then again, you know, and I'm hoping that this uh, happens in the next 45 minutes to an hour. We've seen Man City lose a two-goal advantage. So I'm hoping that maybe Wolves can pull it off again. But, you know, the, the way that it is, uh, the one match that I would say that Man City is is more likely to drop points is this Saturday against uh, uh, West Ham because it's it's at West Ham. 
and you know, especially West Ham, you know, they're no longer in the Europa League. You know, they want to because right now they're in seventh, if I'm not mistaken, which is the Conference League. So they're going to want to secure um, the Europa League. So you know, this is a team that has beat Liverpool. I think also beat Chelsea at their home ground. So this is going to be a huge, huge match. And I'm hoping that uh, that the Hammers can you know finally do something and uh, and pull off a win. But 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 it's like you said, you know, there's no way that Pep. Pep's team will lose by more than one goal. So it's kind of like you said, the main issue is can we overcome that goal difference? I mean, I'd like to say that it's going to happen just because, you know, I'd like to I'd like to see the quadruple still happen. Obviously, if we don't win on Saturday, then it's, you know, it's not going to happen. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to see, you know, the possibility still happening because and because we're definitely going to talk about this uh, in a bit. So I'm going to save my future point. But, you know, if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon for a Liverpool team. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my whole thing is if you look at Man City, the rest of Man City's schedule in Premier League, and then you look at the rest of Liverpool's schedule in Premier League, Man City, unfortunate you know, exit of the Champions League, but they come and win 5-0 over Newcastle. They're already up 3-1 against the Wolves. It's Man City has all the momentum. I don't think they can lose a game. I don't. I don't think they can lose a Premier League game. I, there's West Ham... I was telling you how it didn't scare me before. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really scare me, but it approaches that. You know what I mean? Like I could see Man just City, a little bit, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I could see Man City having a bad day and you know a draw. I don't think there's a way we lose that game, and at, you know as we've all as we've all said, there's no way we lose by more than a goal. So, you know, there's got to be some magic that happens here where, I I I mean I don't see it happening. I don't think Man City loses, but. If if Man City loses, Liverpool's got to put it on absolute show, and that's in a crowded schedule as well. As you said, you have the FA Cup. Um, uh, uh, remind me, which team beat Man City in the FA Cup? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot. I th- that's fair. All I'm saying is you you've got you know twice as many games in the same span. You're gonna have to you know not that you can't, but that lineup is gonna have to be managed. Energy is gonna be a factor, and you're gonna have to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when we're looking at that Liverpool versus Chelsea FA Cup tie, I think it's all going to – I mean, obviously, if you're Jurgen, you're prioritizing the Premier League because that's a race that you feel like with two games left, you can get lucky. Um, And for Liverpool, you know, they draw Chelsea, who they already beat once in a cup final. I think that the FA Cup, Liverpool – has the advantage there. I just think in terms of their play against Chelsea throughout the season, they've proven that they're a better side. That being said, I think for Jurgen, you know, your weekend match got moved to next Tuesday, right, Michael, against Southampton? Uh, Yep. So that's still a two-day recovery window. And not to say that these guys aren't on tired legs because they definitely are because they've played a season, you know, going the length in two domestic cups going the length in a European, you know, cup to the final of the Champions League. Definitely tired legs, but a two-day recovery window, that's something you're used to when you play a Wednesday night Champions League game, and then you've got Thursday, Friday, kickoff Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not a it's not going to be too hard on that Liverpool team, um, but I do think that it might ask some questions of Jurgen's rotations, but again, I think he's been absolutely flawless this entire year in terms of how he's rotated his squad in order to get results and you know with the exception of that Tottenham one Liverpool's probably been in their best form since that title run um in 2019-2020 
Um, this all being said, though, I think, as Michael, you pointed out, and we can get to it now because we're just going to wait for results to come in from that Wolves game. Still 3-1. Me and Mike both checked our phones and saw a penalty shout against Zinchenko, and we thought maybe there's a glimmer of hope, but it wasn't given because, shocker, the Saudi oil money is just <laughs> go- going into... And before you say anything, the Everton call, okay? Don't even get me started on that. All right, well, all right, well we're, not, we're not digressing back to <laughs> February when that occurred, but we can speculate to the future because it was announced earlier this week confirmed yesterday that Erling Holland is looking to ink and is pretty much going to ink I guess we can say a five-year deal at Manchester City City has agreed to the 60 million release clause from Borussia Dortmund for the 21 year old Norwegian striker we've seen him be incredible in the Bundesliga and in the Champions League and even with the Norwegian national team, you know, at 21 years old, it's incredible how, you know, obviously on-ball talented he is. He runs like an ox. You know, he's a very physical striker. He's a number nine that I feel like City hasn't had. I mean, yeah, you can look back to Aguero and that he'll, he only left so recently, but that was a shade of what the Sergio Aguero was when we think back to, you know, Absolutely. his sealer against QPR to win the title and then you know his really good run of form probably building up until like I don't know we want to say like 2018 2019 is when there was a slight regression he was always a you know a threat within the box but he was never that number nine that he once was Gabriel Jesus then becomes certainly more interesting because you know he had that four goal game a few match days ago he was in really good form including the Champions League kind of seeing that he's going to be done away with it might be there's rumors that he might go to Arsenal I don't know what that's going to look like I haven't heard anything more in terms of that rumor speculation. But we do know that Erling Holland is going to Man City. And for a team that is as imposing as it already is, you go out and get one of the best young number nines in all of Europe, a guy that can do a multitude of things. You know, he's dominant in the air. He can play target. He can make runs through the channels. Eli, I'm going to come with you first because you're you're the big Man City guy in here. And Michael's shaking his head no because he knows that this, they get a fourth. Oh, no, 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 I'm just pissed off about the deal. Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) you know, you're getting a true number nine in terms of Erling Holland. And I think something we've seen with Pep, you know, if you want to look at Laporte, for example, Phil Foden, you know, Mares especially, guys in their second year under him seem to thrive, especially, you know, it probably takes a little bit of a, a while to get introduced into the squad and understand how a Pep side team, a Pep side plays, excuse me, my question to you is, is what what should we expect for an immediate impact in terms of Erling Holland at Manchester City? Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I feel like a lot of people come, you know, are expecting him to hop right in that nine spot, Man City, to just win everything, go crazy, him to have, you know, 35 goals. I, I, I'm a little skeptical on how quickly he's going to come in and make an impact. I think he's, you know, this is picture-perfect situation as a Man City fan. This is exactly what I wanted. You know, you love to see... You obviously love to see it, but I also have to be skeptical that he's a big nine. And he look, he's very fast and very strong, but I'm also... I didn't really watch soccer back then, but I do also acknowledge that Pep had Ibrahimovic back in 09 and 010, and that, you know, that could have worked out better, I would say. I, I'm just skeptical of, like... Having a player kind of like that, I I'm just not I'm not getting my hopes up too much because I know that it's gonna take work. It's gonna take, you know, 
growth from Holland, which I think will happen. I think Holland can grow. I just don't expect it to necessarily, you know, him to come out of the gates and go nuts this year. I think even in like two to three years, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be spectacular if he fits with this Pep scheme, if Pep really develops him well and he grows into the player that fits, you know, with Pep's kind of style. It's going to be beautiful. And, oh, my God. I can't wait. But I don't think it's going to have. I don't think it's going to be so explosive as everybody thinks right out of the gate this year. Well, before I go to you, Michael, because you're obviously have let us know your your thoughts on the deal. I think, you know, obviously there's going to take some time before I think he develops into a world-class player under Pep. You know, obviously I wouldn't assume he's going to get the kind of goal-per-game average that he has for Dortmund, obviously because talent in the Premier League is... Absolutely. You know, defending's better. better. There's more, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not consistency. Parity. More parity in the Premier League than uh, in the Bundesliga. So it'll be tough, but I think with Holland too, you know, like, yeah, you're probably not a 30-goal season, maybe not even like a 20-goal season. But I guarantee you we're going to see him have games where he scores two and is just absolutely incredible just when he's feeling right. And, you know, he's obviously still young, but he's proved time and time again he can turn it on like no one else. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he's obviously one of the best young players in the world. So so from a Premier League side, you know, be, having him in your league is a huge bonus. And, you know, um, obviously, you know, one of the huge things about Man City right now is that they don't have a proper striker. Like, sure, you have Jesus, but, I mean, you know, uh, compared to when you had Aguero, now you have a, a worthy replacement, not only because his market value is crazy high, you got him for the release clause of only $60 million. So it's great business from them, I hate to admit it, and this is why I said before, if Liverpool want to win the quadruple or win the league, this is the year to do it, because next year, yeah, Holland's not going to do the same numbers in the Bundesliga, because you know it's completely different leagues, and there's going to be an adjustment period. But next year, I, you know, I, I think Man City have a better chance of winning it, because they have Holland. They have that striker who can, you know, absolutely demolish any defender and this year they don't so you know that's why i'm praying that wolves actually do something in the next 40 50 minutes but you know we'll have to wait and see on that holland has in the 2022 2021-2022 season he has 36 and 34 for club and country oh god which if you're a premier league fan that isn't a sellout who doesn't love you know Saudi oil groups corrupting the beautiful game. I might as well put him in my fantasy team already for yeah, next year. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll pay whatever. I'll put him, <laughs> him and Salah, and I'll be set for the year. But you know he's obviously so proficient, and I think it's going to be a giant leap in his game. Not to you know rag on the Norwegian national team, but it's not like he's you know bagging fifteen and sixteen for France or for Italy right. or for a European powerhouse. He's bagging it for Norway, which is a side that you know is on the come up. If you think about Odegaard, got some young defense as well. But for him to put up those kind of numbers for that team, proving that hey, on a bad team—sorry to call them bad—but in the scheme of European football, no, I would say yeah, that of course, yeah. they're not. They would be considered bad. Maybe they can reverse that narrative in the upcoming years with this young core. But on a bad team, he can still be the man. On a pretty good Bayern. Byron Dortmund side, excuse me. He can still be the man if we think, you know, obviously it didn't go their way in the Champions League, but he still is just dominant on a team that's perennially in Champions League football. He can be the man there. Now the question is, can he he be the man at a city side where it's superstar after superstar up and down that roster? 
I'm certain he can, especially how young he is. If you think about it, if he's signing a five-year deal, he'll be there till he's 26, 27. How much money, uh, actually, do you know how much money he's making per week? Like, it's insane. I know it's still under De Bruyne. No, it's the same level as De Bruyne. Which it's is what, 300, 350000 a week. So That's he, insane. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he, he is... He, he's, uh, he's our age, Michael. Yeah, no, he. Nah, I'm 20. I'm not 21. Oh, well, <laughs> you've got another, what, three months to somehow no, amass... It, until, like, uh, December, so like six. Wow. No, you've got six months yeah. to somehow <laughs> learn how you're going to wor- be worth $350,000 a week. Yeah. A week. For five years. That being said, boys, you know, Michael, you expressed your your utmost sadness about him joining City just because it puts him on paper leaps and bounds better than any Premier League side. Mm-hmm. Is there any hope for us, Michael, for, for us non-traders to the beautiful game? Well, I mean, of course there's hope, you know, because everyone was like, oh, Man City's going to win you know, every competition. Look what happened in the FA Cup. As you know, I was there. It was beautiful. <laughs> Seeing that first half was just miraculous. Uh, you know, the 4-3 thriller in the Champions League. You know, Man City have that one goal advantage, but you're what? going to the Bernabeu against Real Madrid. They're going to do something. The, mo- the moment they scored that, <laughs> th- that first goal in, like, the 89th minute, and I'm pretty sure you said this as well uh, before we got on. Like, they're going to score another one. Like, you know that they will. And they did. And then one of your best defenders does that clumsy challenge. Oh, uh, yeah. And a week and a half later, here we are. I'm laughing. You know, I'm I'm happy because <laughs> cause, cause not only, cause let's be honest, y- you were six minutes away from another final. And if you go back on current form, if they because Klopp lost 18, 119. Tuchel lost 20, 121. Pep lost 21. Maybe he wins 22. Mm. Well, now he's not be- because of your inability to just defend for six minutes. But in terms of after Holland, I mean, as a you know, of course, yeah, you have to have hope because, you know, because we also have some new signings. We have a, a, I forget how to pronounce his name, but the kid from Fulham. Um, there's also talks for uh, a player who I'm blanking on right now, but. Uh, uh, it's very vague, I know. <laughs> uh, he, he's from the French League. He, he He's young as well. It begins with a T. Uh, uh, the pronunciation escapes me. But, you know, like Liverpool, I mean, let's be honest, Diaz has been one of the best, you know, mid-signings of the season. I, you know, I think he, he could be possibly the signing of the season just because of yep. his impact. So, you know, next year, uh, of course, you know, I, as a Liverpool fan, I can comfortably say, yeah, we can go again. We can see what happens because, you know, we have a very good squad as well. However, with Holland, it's slightly harder to see. But then again, Holland has had injury problems. So, you know, Holland gets an ACL tear and is out for the season. Ask me again then. But, uh, you know, it. of course it's going to be tough. But then again, you know, that's why we love football because yeah. anything can happen. And I, I'm I'm going to be honest. Like, of course there's hope. There's there's always hope. And, and as much as I, you know, back to your point is – Everybody thought, you know, if you went on to, like, I don't know, ESPN FC and looked at, oh, they're all going, oh, Man City's got in the bag, it's easy, everything. You know, everybody is so confident in Man City, and then look where we are now. It's it's so easy to say, Man City with Holland, you know, it's over, but I'm going to be rational and not say that because tons of things can happen in between now and then. Ask um, him this question again in, like, five to six months. Oh, I mean, watch him be like, oh, yeah, we've got it in the when, bag. When there's two games left and we're up... You know, three one. Yeah, then I can say confidently that it's in the bag. But I'm not going to say that for next year yet. What I and this is, this is kind of I want to talk about the the big money for a second. And this has always kind of been a thing. I'm a Yankees fan as well, oh, so there's God. always. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, so, are you not a Yankees fan, Keenan? 
White Sox, baby, Southside. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. So, anyways, with with teams like this and in leagues where there's you know they lack salary caps and salary you know major salary um, barriers, I guess. Um, there's always that aspect of like the big money karma. Like, even though I'm gonna go into baseball a second, I love the Yankees so much, but there's always this karma of almost we can spend so much money, but there's a level of talent where it maxes out, and you no matter how much money you spend, it just it it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't happen. We saw the Yankees are clicking right now. Past couple years, not so much. I could see the same couple same thing happening with Man City. As much as I hate to say it, I I could see them spending. You know, they they've spent a ton of money. They're gonna continue spending money. It's more than a ton. They've spent a lot. Like I, like, I, th- I think it's a billion in transfers. That's for, like that's absurd. But like I could see that biting them just for the pure like superstition karma aspect. Yeah, and I think you know we saw we we've seen with this PSG side that has three of the best. Yeah, absolutely. That's footballing personalities and footballers in the world. Mm-hmm. Unable. I mean. Losing the French league in last year, I guess that was without Messi. But even with Messi, so. s- still dropping out of the Champions League, f- you know, fumbling and stumbling. Yeah, but don't forget it was against Real Madrid. But I completely agree with your point. Like but that's like a, that type that, of squad, exactly. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, I guess to Pep's credit, I'd say that his side is far better coached than that Pochettino yeah. side. I but feel yeah, like I feel like even his superstars on his team are only superstars in so far as Pep allows them to be, if that makes sense. Like, De Bruyne can still take over a game, but it's because Pep puts them in a role to mm-hmm. take over a game. Right. Versus that real uh, that PSG side that was kind of just like, give it to the front three, let them work Have fun, match. yeah, exactly. So I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a wild ride for City fans, obviously with him coming in and, you know, him getting his feet wet in Premier League football. Definitely going to be some hiccups along the way. I think for the rest of us Premier League fans that don't cheer for City... <laughs> <laughs> the evil empire. I think it's going to be in the, in the opposite of what City fans are feeling in terms of like you know jubilation and excitement. We're going to watch his first couple of games and be like, is he going to be that big of a problem? If there's a little you know regression in his form as he learns Premier League style soccer, I think that'll be a sigh of relief for everyone. But also, I'm not going to write. You know, we don't know what the rest of the City team is going to look like in three four years. You it's, know. You- Sterling, like if he if he's really put on a backseat, I don't Wait, expect him to stay at City. That reminds me, last week you said that Sterling should be in the second division. Really? You saw it in this Wolves game. He's just a diver. I'm sick of him. <laughs> no, 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 don't Liv- get me. I know he's a diver, but that's a bit of a wild take. I mean, Betra- betraying Liverpool the way he did. Can't that, that's true. Yeah, and I mean, then acting true. like he got a twenty cal to the back, and he kind of <laughs> feels feels contact within exactly, the eighteen. Yeah. I think that he warrants, and he possesses the class of a second division footballer that all being said got two more match weeks here in the prem after this week shakes out but before we get to the final two got a absolute doozy in arsenal versus tottenham tomorrow good old-fashioned north london derby in a battle for fourth place that currently sees the gunners four points in front of hotspur chelsea up 2-0 right now on leeds looking to cement their place in Europe. It looked like they were doing everything in their power to be on that, you know, in that conversation with their London rivals, but 2-0 against Leeds right now, hoping to jump up to 73 points, which would guarantee them Champions League football. You know, barring no, there's no way that Spurs can catch them. 
I, I take that back. They win today. They get they are they are Is se- it? Okay. secured yeah. in the Champions League. Tottenham on 62, Arsenal on 66. We know United is out with 37 matches, right? Yeah, they're like what 57 points? 58. So 58. Yeah. It's gonna be one of the North London teams. It's either Arsenal, or Tottenham. Boys, who are we taking for this North London derby? Because we saw how good of a shift Conte's side put in against Liverpool, but Arsenal has been on the up and up ever since that horrendous start. You know this is going to be an instant classic because everything's to play for between these two squads. If Arsenal lose, they still are in the driver's seat. They possess a one-point lead over Spurs with two matches to go. You'd be really shocked if they fumbled against Everton on the last match week or even a Newcastle side that you know Liverpool got the best of 1-0 mm-hmm. and then City had their way with this past weekend. Could still see Arsenal very well dropping points in one of those matches. I can't say, though that there has been a North London derby with this much on the line since maybe, maybe the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is obviously a huge match because this would be Arsenal's first trip to the Champions League in a while. And, and if I believe, uh, if they win this match, it's secured. Like, no matter what, they have it. Um, so, you know, it's definitely a huge match, you know, and, you know, the benefit that it's a North London derby. Um, I'm going to say, uh, is this one at Tottenham or, or at Arsenal? I think this one's at Tottenham, if I'm not mistaken. It is at, bum, 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 bum. I think it is at White Hart. Well, old White Hart. Yeah, that's I think. Yeah, Hotspur Stadium, which is just such a weak name. It is a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. S- uh, I want to say that the game's gonna end in a tie, but that's a, that's such a horrible answer to say. Cop out. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say that. I'm going to say Arsenal will still finish fourth regardless of the result just because if you see their form, like, yeah, they had the horrendous start, but you've seen what they've done all season. You know, the fact that they're in this is a huge testament to the coaching. Yeah, they haven't had Europe at all this entire season, but the fact that they're where they are now is a huge, huge testament. Um, I want to say that Tottenham will win it just because that's the team that I prefer out of them too, but I, I still believe that Arsenal will, you know, this uh, next year for the 22-23 season there will be Champions League football in the in the Emirates. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna agree with you that Arsenal is is definitely gonna finish above Tottenham. I think they're gonna win this game too. I think you know you look at the past four games, it's all you know Arsenal Arsenal has momentum is basically what I'm trying to say. They have they've got they they looked not they looked bad in the beginning of April end of March. It, it didn't look great, but it's looking really good now for Arsenal and Tottenham. You know, you have a little momentum. You drew against Liverpool, which is which is huge for you. It's huge for you as well. Yeah. Uh, it's hu- oh, it's absolutely huge for me. <laughs> um, you know, you have a win against Leicester City before that, but I mean, you draw with Brentford, lose to Brent. It's like uh, I don't. I just don't really see. I see Arsenal continuing their their absolute stomp. Of you know this the end of April and the beginning of May and just securing that last spot and you know I'll see him in Champions League next year. Also, actually, one thing I didn't realize is if you look at the final two matches, discounting tomorrow's match, Tottenham go against Burnley and Norwich, and you said Arsenal go against Newcastle and Everton. So both are like you know, it those matches will be interesting. I think Tottenham have the easier run in because yeah. Norwich are already confirmed. Burnley, of course, are fighting for their lives. Uh, same, the same can be said for like Arsenal in terms of like they're going against Newcastle, who who are you know they're safe. They don't really care. Of course, they want to yeah. win it just so they can prove that Newcastle have a plan. But then Everton are a relegation threatened, which if they go down would be 
sad, but also hilarious, <laughs> at, at least from a Liverpool fan perspective. But, you know, both teams have interesting run-ins, but I'm still going to say that just because of, of current, you know, the way that the entire season has been, if Arsenal don't do it, if they don't get Champions League, then this season has been a failure. Yes. And and you cannot convince me otherwise because no no Europe, you were in the top, you've been in the driving seat for so long. Yeah, you stumble a little bit that Tottenham get a, a little momentum. But if you don't get top four, then this year has been a failure just because, you know, this is, you know, this is what the fans want. Yeah, and I think, Michael, to your point, you know, regardless of this result, it's still Arsenal's spot to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you're playing Newcastle and then you play Everton. Everton's still fighting for their lives for relegation, but, you know, they're four points clear of Burnley. Same matches played, so they would have to stumble uh, along the way in order for Burnley to overtake them in that last relegation spot. So I, I really do see this North London derby being a, a slugfest. I think, you know, Conte, obviously, hey, he has a lot to prove, you know, inheriting the club when he did midway through the season with Nuno Espirito Santo failing and him coming in and trying to like recultivate a winning football side. He's obviously got a lot on his plate, but I, I still think Arteta wins this one 2-0. Mm. I think that it's going to be— And who scored the goals if you're going to go for 2-0? I think you're going to get one from Saka just because he's been, you know, he's been as a big of a superstar, young superstar this team has had for a while. Mm-hmm. And then as maybe a second one, you, know, you always could see— I, I could see maybe Gabrielle coming up from the back and getting one. We remember those— Two, two center back goals the last time Arsenal were out. So I could see one coming from the back, maybe a Smith Rowe masterclass. I don't know. It's possible. I I, I think it's going to be a really good end to end game from the jump, and I just think that Arteta has so much more to prove as an Arsenal alumni and a club legend to go out and see this one out and secure Champions League football for the Gunners. And one thing I just want to point out is that if Tottenham you know, you know, let's say Tottenham, you know, beats Arsenal, and it's really like m- really a points race. Tottenham does have the goal differential at the moment. Uh, by how much? They're up six, twenty okay, fourteen. Yeah. Which you know, a lot can happen in just eight nil no thrashing but. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that is that is just something to keep in mind. Well, boys. Oh, Mike, you got a yeah, closing no, note. W- one thing I want to go back on, on, like the goal differential, and this is completely you know out of out of left field, but but going back to. Uh, Man City because you know why not yeah because that's my it's a title race but you know and you said that you were getting a little bit nervous about West Ham West Ham right now are in seventh but if they beat City then they leapfrog United into like confirmed Europa League if I'm not mistaken based on the points so I know that you know you're not that nervous of West Ham you know you don't fear them or whatever but at West Ham I've you know the atmosphere there will be electric like they will go for all three points and honestly I'm praying because let's be honest I don't think Wolves are going to get the job done as yeah, much as I want to good. like I, I even have a Wolves jersey with me right now uh, and the fact that you know it, it's not bringing me any luck but I, I honestly believe that West Ham will be the title decider because no, if yeah. Man City win then you're still three points ahead and then you're going against Villa on the final day I'm going to lose some faith there but if West Ham win then it's all to play for. And then what we need is basically Salah to have his form when he went away to Manchester United and just score a hat-trick against Southampton or against Wolves. I'm fine with either or. Either way, it helps (laughs) my fantasy team. (laughs) And just want to mention Man United real quick. 
Oh four to Brighton. That was just disgusting. I <laughs> I watched I watched that whole game just to see Man United lose. It was terrible in every way. Man United. It was hilarious. Ronaldo was frustrated. Anyways. Unfortunately, I missed all the games because I because I was flying back. Like I actually missed my original flight from London <laughs> from London. But luckily, I was able to get another one. There's a fun story behind that, but I don't think we have the time on we, the podcast. That we do not. It's always good though to conclude our podcast by saying you know. We may hate you, Eli, for who you support, <laughs> but we hate United just as much as you do, and them missing out on Champions League after Love missing out on Europa. They can be. They, yeah, there's a good chance that they're playing in the Conference League. Just sell the club at that point. <laughs> what a fun FUVFC this has been! Big shout out to Maddie Bimonte behind the glass. I'm not calling her Sam Borer because that's not her name. <laughs> Michael Hernandez back in studio. Keena Troy signing off for Eli Keeler and Mike. Saying any day above ground is a good day. We'll see you guys next week before the final day.